Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create Your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth SEO generating show notes, go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today we have another amazing guest. This young lady is actually a fellow podcaster who is doing some amazing things in the space and has actually worked for an organization that I'm a big fan of. So without further ado, she's the founder of Maisie Media, a podcast network with content curated for women, and she is the host of Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast, a traditionally published author. She is a seasoned executor who eventually blocked out the world's ideas of success, quit her highly coveted position at the NBA, moved to London, and traveled the world for a stint, then followed her passion in writing to find her purpose and encouragement through podcasting. Mastering the art of noteworthy ideation, she taps into her more than 12 years of professional business marketing experience to lend her thoughts on professional development, digital marketing, contemporary brand styling, and more. However, she enters her zone of genius when speaking to audiences about any of her four Ps, publicity, publishing, personal development, and podcasting. She and her work have been featured by Forbes, Black Enterprise, The Muse, Career Contessa, Create and Cultivate, and more. The Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast has been featured by Girlboss.com as one of the six podcasts to listen to for career advice, as well as Entrepreneur.com's 12 women-run podcasts you should be listening to. I'm talking about none other than Ayana Angel. Ayana, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello, hello, everyone. So happy to be here. Yes, we are happy to have you. So Ayana, you started out in the NBA and decided to leave. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey and getting to where you are now. My entrepreneurial journey wasn't intentional. When I first graduated from college, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So I sort of fell into PR as a career. And I liked it because there were some elements that overlapped with what I was interested in, what I liked doing, what I knew how to do. And it was entertainment PR. It can be exciting. So that's what led me eventually to doing sports entertainment PR at the NBA. 
I quickly started to realize that PR for me wasn't a lifelong thing. I was about 10 years in maybe at this point from like internships to everything. And I just started to realize that there were some things that didn't align with who I wanted to be, how I wanted to show up. I felt like my creativity wasn't being maxed out. I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do within this position. And I started a side hustle and I was doing jewelry and I had this jewelry line and it was doing really well. And it was worn by Beyonce, Alicia Keys, Marsha Ambrosius, all kinds of people. And it was dope. And the experience really allowed me to see other sides of where I could use my creativity and how I could also show up in a business capacity outside of PR that's what led me to start really searching for, okay, what do I want to do next? Like, what's my next thing? So it wasn't so much about entrepreneurship for me as it was like, I want to find what sort of like clicks with me next and what I really feel like could help me to thrive and get me to my next level, whatever that might be. So that's when I started just really racking my brain like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And I started tapping into the things that came naturally to me and being a creative writer was one of those. I went the direction initially writing a manuscript, get pitching it to publishers and then getting it picked up for traditional publishing, which was my goal. Mm -hmm. So when I left my job at the NBA, to me, it wasn't about being an entrepreneur naively. Mm -hmm. It was more so about A, getting out of a situation that I no longer wanted to be in and B, doing something that I thought would better serve me. And then this whole world of entrepreneurship started showing itself to me. And I still honestly don't really consider myself an entrepreneur like that in a traditional sense. I say I'm like a freelancer, but I'm working toward it. And I think that there's just this huge craze to be an entrepreneur. But for me, it was more so about switching my situation up. Right. It was about the switch. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it's funny that you say that because I feel like a lot of times it's glamorized and people don't understand, you know, me being an entrepreneur, like I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never really had a job mm. in corporate, but it's always mm-hmm. been about doing the work. And when you do yes. the work, that's when the fruits come. But they might come five years later, you know, six months yep. down the line, 10 years later. You have to really be in it, you know, mm-hmm. for the love of it versus trying to get to that quick coin or those types of things. In the process of writing your book, you went out and went to Europe for 112 days. Was that correct? Yeah, over 100 days I did. But you know what? That was actually just after I wrote the book, but before it was published. So that gets mm-hmm. a little bit confusing. What happened was I had already quit my job mm-hmm. and my manuscript was pretty much done. So the book was pretty much done and I was in the process of getting it edited. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Once I had the editing done and then I pitched it to publishers and it got picked up and somebody wanted to publish it and I had this publishing deal, I said, you know, I could stay here in New York or I could go out there and have an adventure and do something that I've never done. I had never been to Europe before. And so to me, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. And I should do it. And so it was a matter of like a quick decision. And I was like, I'm going. And that's how I ended up there. You were on Essence Magazine. I believe you wrote the article. But one of the things that you said is, is one of the key things I learned about myself during my journey was that I needed to let go. I couldn't control nor dictate everything. And that was okay. That's a powerful quote, number one. But how did you come to that realization? And how did you end up actually letting go? What was that process like for you? It was a process. It was a number of things. 
And a part of it was coming to the conclusion that if I wanted things to be different in my life, yes, there was some work that I had to do, but I also had to allow myself to be open to the possibilities and what could happen. And when you decide to pack up or pick up your life and go international, there's only so much stuff you can bring with you. I was in Harlem and I was doing a stoop sale. You know, I was selling everything that I owned because that was going to hold me back and hold me down if I didn't. So I was selling everything Mm -hmm. and people were kind of looking like, what the heck is she doing? But it also felt a little free too. You know what I mean? Like I don't have anything to worry about but me and these possessions that I have left. So -hmm. that was a part of me letting go. A part of me letting go also was when I got there, I wanted to rent a flat. I knew that the traditional housing was a little bit different there. You move in with strangers, not a big deal. And I was up for that, too. I was open for that, too. And one of my friends also said, before I went there, I only had one friend there. She said, look, come here if you're going to be open to the possibilities of what will happen in just a different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Everything is not going to have the comforts of the U.S. And if you're okay with that, you should come. If you're not, you should stay where you are. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I'm open. And that was a part of me letting go as well. I ended up moving into a hostel and living there for over a month. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I was sharing a room with six other people, men and women, one bathroom. Mm -hmm. I had never stayed in a hostel before in my life, let alone shared a room with all these people in a foreign country. Some people spoke English, some people not so much. So that was a part of me letting go. I knew I couldn't try and control or manage everything in my life if I wanted to have some of my best experiences. So really that trip alone pushed me outside of that control space because there were so many things that I couldn't control and so many unknowns that came my way and I had to navigate it. How do you feel like you grew from the experience other than letting go? As just a person in terms of my perspective on the world, Mm -hmm. engaging with different people, not that I was intolerant, but being way more tolerant, being understanding of people's differences and being aware that people do have differences and Mm -hmm. you do have to acknowledge that, recognize that, see that, treat people in certain ways. My independence grew like by 10,000. I ended up taking a trip to Spain by myself and I was in Madrid in this little cute hotel room. I'd never even seen a hotel room like this with one little single bed, little nice little shower. And it was like, this is made for just one person. So it was very solo type situation. I don't speak Spanish. They don't really care for English. Not in my experience. Mm -hmm. Everybody was like English, not so much. So I was in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language and I was by myself. And I took public transportation the whole entire time. So I navigated, I figured it out, I worked my way through it. And I do say, I do credit New York with a part of me being able to manage that experience because they say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So here I go to a foreign country where I don't speak the language, nothing else is working in my favor, but I still work it out. It helped me just grow in so many different ways. It helped me really trust myself too. Mm. Like you could do this, you could do whatever you want, you got it. And that fear that you walk around with sometimes, just kind of hanging over your shoulder, When you're in a foreign country and you got to trust yourself, you got to let that go at a certain point. You can't be worried and scared about everything. That's why I feel like I never got any situations where somebody really tried to try me because I was also using my good senses too, not walking around with like a map, looking like a tourist, like I didn't know where I was going. I would study where I was going before I left my Mm -hmm. hotel room and stuff just so I could have like some familiarity and some understanding. So it really allowed me to trust myself. I'm going to assume that the Bay had a little bit to do with you being on your P's and Q's too. Oh, for sure. It's a different kind of set of tools that you sort of mm-hmm. become accustomed to. And somebody trying you is not something that you won't be open to anyway. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So speaking of being bold, jumping out there, 
Your podcast, Switch, Pivot, or Quit, has been around since early January 2017. What inspired your podcast and the title? Funny, the title was something else before. I had toyed with the idea of doing a podcast for about two years, but I just didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it. And I knew that I wanted the structure to be there. I didn't want it to just be this free for all. And I wanted it to have purpose. So once I finally decided, okay, and I had built this platform on social media and I was talking to people, but I wanted a different way to be able to connect with them and to have a larger conversation. So once I kind of decided that podcasting would be the way that I would do that. And let me also be clear. I tried other things too. I tried YouTube at first and I was like, you know what? This is not for me. Getting dolled up to sit in front of the camera to talk to people where people might watch the video, they might not. So I was like, you know what? Okay, podcasting, that's what it's going to be. So once I finally decided to do it, I really thought everything through in terms of the format. I was listening to different types of shows to see what I really gravitated to. And I started the show based on the name that I was using on social media. And then I realized as I started developing the content, Mm -hmm. Switch, Pivot, or Quit was a series that I was going to do, like an interview series Well, that I was doing. It just dawned on me one day. I'm like, this is the real meat to all of this. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what I did. This is exactly what my story is. Nobody is better suited to have conversations around this topic than I am. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what made the name stick and made me say, okay, I got to go in this direction. And your show has grown tremendously, especially only being in its infancy. What would you say are some of the keys to growth? For me as a podcaster, some of the keys to growth were some of the things that I did before in marketing and PR and positioning, knowing how to position and keep a streamlined message, that helps with growth. People knowing why they're there. If you have like too many mixed messages, people don't know what to expect. And people like to know what to expect, especially with podcasting. Getting media features, that was good for me. That really helped with eyeballs Mm -hmm. on my brand and then converting them into listeners. And also marketing, having a clean presence, I think is great too. Putting together a website that's really functional and people can navigate and people can understand why they're there, what you're doing and having extra resources available for them. And then also getting on other people's podcasts like this, you know, like (laughs) talking to other people, getting in front of other people's audience. That's a big deal. And that's something that I would highly recommend in terms of growth strategy. And what would you say are some tips that you would give to podcasters to help protect their personal and professional brand? I would say be aware of what your personal and professional brand is. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about brand, talk about brand, but they don't even know what their brand is. They don't know what their messaging is. They don't know even know who they're talking to and who they want to talk to. So I would say in order to really protect it, you have to sort of perfect it. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. know exactly what you're putting out there because people will try you in different ways, meaning they'll come to you for different opportunities and all these things. You have Mm -hmm. to be careful what you're aligning yourself with. Mm -hmm. And once you know your brand and understand how you want to show up, you'll know what's a good fit for you and what's not a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. So some things that people may come to you with or ask of you, you can easily decide yes or no on that when you know what your brand is, what you stand for and how you want to show up in the space. Wow, Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym, 
with family and friends or traveling. Use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Other than consistency, what would you say are two or three factors that have helped you to get to where you are today and experience growth as a podcaster? I would say developing a community. Developing a community is a huge part of it. And then what goes into that developing a community, sort of like an underlining factor, is I would have to say my authenticity. I see a lot of people, I didn't even realize that that was a thing until I was looking at the reviews and people that word kept coming up and people just kept feeling like I was really relatable. And and somebody even said this to me the other day. They were like, a reason why I noticed that I connect with you. And they just started being in my space. They said, I feel like you're somebody that could be one of my friends. And so I think that makes a difference when people feel like there's something familiar about you versus when people feel like you're just this thing in this person and you're so far removed from what they have going on in their reality. So I think that plays a factor. You mentioned the consistency, but I can't skip over that only because I truly think that that is a part of why people keep coming back. I'm consistent. I don't miss shows. The only time that I don't publish a show is holiday, where Mm -hmm. it's like, of course, she's not publishing a show. It's Thanksgiving. She with her family, too. So those are the only times where I do not upload. So that right there, people cannot underestimate the value of consistency when you're trying to build something. If you don't let people know that you're going to be there for them, it's like building trust with them. And it's like, think of a situation where how many times have you gone somewhere and it's not what you expected it to be? Or you went to a website and you're like, oh, they didn't update. Okay, so you give them another chance. You go to a website again a week later. Oh, they still haven't updated. Eventually, you're going to take them off your radar because mm-hmm. they're not giving you anything new. So you can't count on them. That trust is not there. So, yeah, those are the things that I would say. Since you're talking about doing things consistently, like for me, like we were live on radio. So, like, I was even going in there on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. It didn't matter. I was showing up every single time. What would you say are mm-hmm. some of your keys to not burning out? Because you're obviously not taking any days off. Yeah, I'm still working on that. To be honest, I'm a work in progress. Sometimes I have to force myself to just chill and close down the computer. Uh, Lately, my hand has been hurting. Just prioritizing yourself Mm -hmm. and your well-being, like those things that you kind of got to just like keep top of mind. And for me, I really like to pay attention to sort of like what's going on. For me, not burning out is just a matter of paying attention to myself, paying attention to my body. I also try and just on a practical side or technical side, I try and batch episodes when I can too. So I do a lot of interviews in advance so that I don't have like this big scramble if I need to produce an episode. And I try and make sure that I have some things in the can so that I'm not rushing around. That's one of the main ways that I sort of keep myself like sane and ahead of the game. So create your life, family. You hear that. Ayana said, make sure that you batch those episodes and you do things in advance so that you don't have to scramble with game time. So for me, like personally, like right now for the Create Your Life series, we're doing a 30 and 30. So I'm doing 30 interviews in 30 days. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's been a sprint for my team and I, but it's been a mm-hmm. good experience. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. So very, That's very good. interesting. So for you, what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you have needed to overcome in order to be who you are today? I think the biggest challenge is mindset. 
I never really thought much about mindset before. That's not the stuff that people teach you about. Thinking about like limiting beliefs and things like that. Like growing up, my people were good. They loved me. I loved them. Good, supportive people. But I didn't have people telling me like what I could be in a greater sense. And I also thought that money had a finite number to it. I remember thinking as a kid, there were only a certain amount of millionaires. Like everybody couldn't be a millionaire. So I think for me, as I've gotten older and grown and exposed myself to different things and been exposed to different information and whatnot, my mind and my mindset has expanded and grown. And it's really I'm in a place now where I was on Instagram Live last night Mm -hmm. and we had to come up with one word that describes where you're at in your life right now. Mm -hmm. And I said my word is possible because Mm -hmm. right now I'm in a space where I think and I know that anything and everything is possible. I don't know that. That was always my mindset. Sometimes you look around and you're like, how did they do that? Because you don't think it's possible for you. But now I'm looking at things like must be possible. That's what one of my friends says, must be possible. Instead of saying must be nice, she says must be possible. My favorite word is ambition. But my word for right now would just be hungry. Who do you feel like has been your biggest champion on your path to becoming who you are today? My parents, both collectively. When I came to them and said, you know what? I think I'm really going to like quit this job. This is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. They asked me questions. They were supportive, though. And I was a little worried about that because they've always instilled this idea of security and foundation in me. And so me telling them I'm about to embark on this journey that has no security, that's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. And they were super positive, very encouraging and understanding. And like, you got to do what you got to do. To me, I would say those were my biggest champions. And those were the two people that I was worried about the most, what they were going to say. But once I knew that I had their approval and they had my back, I felt completely free and fearless. I was fearless because I knew I didn't have to worry about somebody being judgmental of my choices or my decisions. My peer group is diverse. One thing that I've been trying to just kind of drop in there to people is you also want to have people around you where you sort of know that they're networking up and then you're networking in the other direction. I don't want to say down because it's not down. It's just in the other direction where they can teach you things that maybe you don't know because maybe they're more on the ground or immersed in different spaces and scenes that you're not in. So there's definitely younger, fresher, hungrier people that are around me. But then there's also my seasoned people that I go to for regular advice that know this stuff, but still out there making it happen for themselves, but just have a little bit more knowledge and experience under their belt. So I would say my peer group consists of People that are similar to me, no matter where they are in their career, those are the people that I have to surround myself with because those are the people that on those days where you're questioning things or you're feeling a little uneasy about things, those are the people that's going to kick you into gear and be like, let's go. What are you doing? Have you tried this? Do this. Do that. Talk to so-and-so. So So that's what my peer group looks like. People that are equally ambitious. This is a question that I feel like always has to be asked because it's the part of things that people don't really talk about a lot. How did you deal with negative feedback as you were rising and as you are rising? If you have had any at all, what did you think when you first saw it? Was it public or private? Were you prepared for it? Or I haven't had public negative feedback on a large scale mm-hmm. because I think the community that I've created is so positive. Mm-hmm. People know, like, don't come around here with that. Like, that's not what we're doing over here. If you can't get in this positive mind space that we got going on, 
please remove yourself. Like, we don't do that. I've only had one person leave a negative comment in the review space under my podcast, and you can tell that it was a new listener. I'm going to say she, because I'm guessing it was a woman, because most of my audience is women. Mm-hmm small percentage of men. But anyway, she said, I felt like I just listened to an, a car advertisement instead of a podcast. And I was like, ooh, wait a minute. When I first read it, I was like, what? And I knew exactly what she was talking about. It was a recent episode. And I even shared it on an Instagram live and talked about it with my community. And everybody said, oh, that's not a regular listener. Because everybody that's a regular listener knows that my podcast is not even ad heavy. But Even if it was, even if there were ads, how you think you listen to this? Somebody got to pay somebody somewhere, right? (laughs) That was the only negative thing from that space. But in general, I haven't had a lot of negativity, Mm -hmm. but I do realize that you have to have a stronger mindset, thick skin, all of that to be able to put yourself out there regularly and let people consume your content and then think what they will from it, do what they will with it. So Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate to have had positive experiences, but I do know that there may come a time where people want to come for me for one reason or another, and I got to deal with it. I haven't had it happen yet, but um, I'm trying to prepare myself. So if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Is there a career or hobby that you've always wanted to pursue? If I was like my most fearless self, I would have probably pursued being an actress. And the reason that I say that is because when I was in my in the midst of my transition with Switch, Pivot, or Quit, I was taking all types of classes. I just wanted to expose myself to different things to see what my options could be. And I took this acting class and it scared the heck out of me, but I liked it. And it was so funny when I told my parents about it, they were like, oh, I could see that because everybody says I'm animated and this and that or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, I could believe that. So I think if I just had that real, real no fear gutsy, because I'm not completely fearless. I just go ahead and try and run up against fear sometimes. But I feel like being an actress and putting yourself out there on that level takes a whole nother stage of fearlessness that I just don't know that I was ready for. I think something else that you said that I'm loving is you said... Create Your Life family, take note of this. She said, if I was my most fearless self, I used to take acting classes for a second. There are some things that I would probably, if I was my most fearless self, when you said that, that like resonated. I was like, hold on. Oh, man, I might have some internal questions to answer. But that that (laughs) phrase right there, man, most fearless self, that is real. I appreciate you. And I thank you for saying that because I'm definitely going to meditate on that. So my next question for you, Ayana, is can you swim? Yep. I'm asking because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. All right, let's go. All right, you sure you ready? Just rapid fire, now, you ready? Now, I'm not the best, but I can survive. All right, well, you know, we got you. We dolphins, not sharks, so it's a little more you All know, right, safe, let's safe do positive it. environment. What are your right. goal-setting methods, and how do you make sure that you are growing each year? Usually, I write down my goals in this little notebook, and to make sure that I'm growing, I just try and expose myself to things that would force me to grow things that are different, things that are new. I'm a consumer of information. Mm -hmm. So if I see something, let's say somebody sends me an email with this new program or something that they're working on or whatever, I always go look. I always go check it out because I want to know what's happening. And that may lead me to something that I didn't know about or somebody I didn't know about that can pour into me. So I think that's how I continuously grow is just being a consumer of information. And what was holding you back from creating your best life? 
fear of what people were going to say, going to think. And I don't even know that it was an active fear. I think it was just this fear that was embedded in my mind Mm -hmm. because you're supposed to have this security. Like I said before, my parents, they instilled this soul security. Get a job. What's the job that's going to pay you the most? All of that kind of stuff in my head. So thinking outside of that box just Mm -hmm. didn't even seem like a reality until I started being really unhappy. And I figured I got to really research some other alternatives here because this is not working for me. So I think that societal pressure of what you should be doing, that was what was holding me back. What is the top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly? I'll answer this from a place of something I think that could help other people. Calendly. And I'm going to tell you two reasons why it helps me. One, it saves time on going back and forth in emails talking about what time are you available? Oh, that doesn't work for me. Da 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 da. So it saves time with that. It allows people to just see your schedule and when you're available. And then if you upgrade, it also, for those service providers, it allows people to pay you. So if you want to book a session with me, I have pick my brain sessions that people can book on switchpivotorquit.com. And if they want to book a session with me, they just go to switchpivotorquit.com click book the session. It takes them to my Calendly. They can pick a day and a time that works best for them. They can pay for it. And then they're on my calendar. Done. Oh, you just put me up on game. (laughs) So if somebody could come into your company and into your business right now and help you with one thing that you've been having some challenges with, what would it be? I think it would be helping me to really see and push forward as to how I could scale my business without investment. I think that's something where I could use help because I'm still a work in progress with that. I have a full business plan and everything, but there's certain things that you just don't know. And I think with creating Maisie Media, I knew that it was a large undertaking in that so many of us have podcasts, but trying to take on the space of a network and creating um, content underneath your umbrella that can live on its own and do its own thing, that's an intimidating thought. And having other people on your staff, that's an intimidating thought. So just really somebody that could come in and help me sort of push things forward and wrap my mind around certain things that I'm not familiar with yet. Gotcha. Okay. What's your favorite quote or model that you live by? Something I say to myself daily is something that I got from the You Are a Badass book by Jen Sincero. And it may sound like kind of hokey, like, oh, you know, you are a badass or whatever. But she definitely has some good information in that book. It is, I am open to all the good the universe has for me. So that's what I say every day. I'm open to all the good the universe has for me because that just makes me feel good. It speaks to me as speaking positivity into my space. It makes me feel optimistic, like it's some good stuff coming my way and I'm open to it and I'm ready for it. So that's what I say daily. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? You know, I'm not good with favorites, but one that I will say that stuck with me and I still look at it and it has a wealth of information is The Success Principles. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create the best life. Let go of expectations of perfection. Really stop worrying about what other people might think or say because you only have one life to make it great and you are not going on your dying bed. You're not going to be worried about what somebody said. So let go of those ideas and try and embrace more of a fearless attitude. Because that fear holds us back from so much, as we just talked about earlier. But when you at least try and embrace more of a fearless attitude, you're aware of those things that make you fearful and you push yourself to go toward them anyway. And I'd say I emphasize push yourself. So what's next for you? 
Next for me is just growing Maisie Media, producing more great content that people are loving, getting more into the trenches of what it looks like to really show up in this podcasting space in a big way. Because I think that there's a lot of potential and growth potential, and we see a big surge of popularity happening with podcasting. But I think there's even more on the horizon. They were making predictions about the ad revenue potential within the space, and there's nothing but growth that seems to be there. So what's next for me is pushing myself in more of a way to be able to create content for people that could really use it, impactful content, not that fluff stuff, and then also get that money. Okay, and what's the best way for us to keep in contact with you? You can go to maziemedia.com, and that's M-A-Y-Z-I-E media.com. Switch, Pivot, or Quit is the Instagram platform that I hang out on most, so you can always find me there as well. So, Miss Maisie Media, Miss Ayana, <laughs> we have reached the point in the interview where it's time for the turnaround, and you have all, all the right. experience necessary. So, you are the interviewer. I am the interviewee. You get three questions. I just have okay. one request. Uh-huh. Please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it good. No, nah, you are. Nah, go ahead. You can go in. I'm just teasing. What has been your favorite place to travel to thus far? And if you don't have a favorite, you want to say a place that you maybe really want to travel to, mm-hmm. we could do that too. Favorite place is Johannesburg, South Africa. The pyramids in Egypt were dope. I will admit mm-hmm. that, you know, having that mm-hmm. experience. And right. climbing Table Mountain in South Africa was love as well. But Joburg, definitely. Okay, so wait, Table Mountain, did it? Are you afraid of heights? I don't think so. It was a great hike. It took about two and a half hours. It was amazing. Okay. I would do it again. Mm. Like, I wanted to do it again the very next day. My boy, who I was traveling with, he didn't want to do it again. So we didn't end up doing it again. But like, we literally got off the flight, dropped our stuff at the hostel, and went Mm -hmm. straight to the mountain. When I saw it, I was like, I'm finishing this. Like, I'm about to climb this. This Yeah. You know, just starting at the bottom of the mountain with that mindset, like, this is done. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's definitely what you got to do. My next question would be, since we kind of touched on fear. I knew it. What scares you the most? Not reaching my full potential. Dying with all of this stuff inside of me that I have to give out and I have to share. I realized last night I was up late thinking and just going through stuff. I have so much content. The Create Your Life series, the radio show and podcast portion has been around for almost three years. But mm-hmm. Create Your Life started in 2013. The amount of footage that I have that hasn't mm-hmm. been released to the public is right. crazy. So I'm just on a mission right now to get that out. I am also have the goal of recording my bio, both audioly and visually, this month mm-hmm. within these, mm-hmm. you know, the next 30 days. So I'm just continuing to do these challenges that are pushing me and making me grow into a different version of Kevin. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so my final question is, If you had to use one app for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably have to be Gmail. Yeah. Because I feel like I can do everything through there. Well, how about Mm -hmm. this? G Suite. Yeah. (laughs) How about that? Yeah. So if I could do that, I got my drive, I got my calendar, and all the other stuff they're going to be creating. So I get the search engine. So yeah, I'm Gucci. Right. All right. Ayana, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I enjoyed myself. Uh, Absolutely. So Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. This helps us build the community. And building the community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much value as possible to you. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. 
This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.